it's not like the audio has to be synced. Like we can really just do whatever we want. Hello, and welcome to the John's Cast, the number one podcast about John's. I'm Zachary. And I'm Benjamin. And this is the John's Cast, like we just told you. Weren't you paying oh, attention? Oh, fuck. I made a terrible mistake. Oh, God, Zach. Wait. You gotta pause the cast. Wait, what? <laughs> what? Oh, no. I don't have any John's on. Fuck. Well, we're already live. You can't stop this train once it's going. I just got uh, a van. Uh, Man. Yeah, vamp, a vamp, I'm, I'm, I'm putting John's on. All right. You know, uh, this is a special occasion. Edit, edit my John's on and post. All right, I'll do that. This is a special occasion. This is our 100th download spectacular. Oh, shit. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. We... You, you the listener, you're the 100th one. All right, let me get my other leg in. <laughs> Congratulations, you've put us over the top. Yeah, now now with this uh with this many subscriptions, I'm sure that ad revenue gravy train <laughs> is gonna start rolling in. So Yeah, if we make one hundredth of one penny per uh, per ad per download, we're in we're in red coin territory. Yeah. That's like five coins, right? Uh, well, it's worth, like, five coins if they're not worth very much. Like, shekels? Shekels are worth about a quarter. So if but what's a... Yeah. Or they worth 20? Because I feel like the red coins in Mario have a specific amount, like a, a transfer rate, like the equivalency of what they're worth. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I think they were worth two. <laughs> well... Maybe five was a was a, was a high high ball of that. Yeah, we're bit. we're not living off the blue coins here, Ben. We're not yeah. one of those one percent blue coin people. So what's the uh, what's the exchange rate between between like a a Mario coin and a rupee? Well, I think it depends like what era of Hyrule we're talking about. Right. Whichever one would be funniest. Okay. So I'm thinking of the Game Boy one that had right. a uh, exclusively bow-based economy where there was only mm-hmm. one thing to buy, which was the bow, and it cost a 1,000 rupees. That's a lie. They had that whole store, and you could even steal from it. Yeah. And, and uh, they had the shovel. You had to collect a lot of rupees to buy the shovel, and I think that was important. I think I definitely spent a lot of rupees on it. You had to dig up something. I I sure felt like I wanted to at <laughs> least. <laughs> anyway, good game, guys. Zelda. Yeah. A link to the Game Boy. It's a classic. Yeah, you can you can have a friend. That's what they that's what they say, right? When you have the Game Link cable. Uh huh. This, the uh, official slogan was "Have a friend." <laughs> you can have a friend. <laughs> Without this, no friends. Just tell no, me. no. But with it, one friend, uh-huh. or maybe in the special case of Bomberman, like a bunch of friends nice. in a in a configuration of game link cables 
any or ga- Game Boy uh, Bomberman cartridges and like two hundred dollar pieces of giant plastic machinery that run on like six double A's at once, all simultaneously. That I don't believe has ever happened. Like I don't <laughs> think anybody ever successfully played six player Bomberman on a Game Boy. But they could have theoretically. I, I think. I think. But I'm not certain. Okay. I have this weird memory of like game link cables that you could like hook into each other somehow or something. That feels real to me. But that may have been a drug induced hallucination that I'm remembering instead. You know, I uh, I had Super Mario Deluxe for the Game Boy, which is mm. the Game Boy implementation of Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, yeah it was Super- a Game Boy Advance game. I, uh, I also owned and own this game. It was Game Boy Color, not Advance. Oh, it was the Game Boy Color one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and it, it also had the Super Mario 2 Japan. So that's oh, okay, cool. nice. Yeah. So you got the Lost Levels. Yeah, uh, didn't yeah. it have like a like a fortune-telling like mini application in that where it would like tell you how lucky you were going to be that day? I, think, I, I vaguely remember playing with that. I think so. And then I think you could use the Game Boy printer to print out your fortune. Yeah. A little tiny sticker. Yeah, yeah, that had ink that came off shockingly quickly, as I discovered a mere few years after printing some things with my Game Boy printer, which ran on even more AA batteries, (laughs) like 12 or something. (laughs) Well, at least least it wasn't in Game Gear territory. Um, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I, I had a Game Gear... I think I had enough batteries to make it run for an hour, and then somebody gave me the cord that just plugs into the wall, mm-hmm. and then I enjoyed my inferior 8-bit Sonic games in mm-hmm. the same in the same room where I could play the 16-bit ones on a Genesis. I was about to say before you quickly discovered that uh, you actually no one had ever wanted to play a Game Gear for more than one hour yeah. anyway. <laughs> um, Man, kids, kids these days. Oh, but I didn't finish my story. So in that uh, in the Mario game, it had a mode where you could race another person in Mario, which I mm-hmm. thought was so cool that I actually bought a second copy for my friend, and then he never wanted to play it with me. So it was really sad. Well, man, if I would have known, Zach, I owned one, and I could have brought it, and uh, we were living together in college, and I would have raced you, bro. That's true. We could have had Mario races. I ended up racing two people, uh, both, I think, one one time and one twice, Uh, and I was very excited about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one was my cousin, uh-huh. and she did not successfully pass the first level, uh-huh. and I made a very good score, okay. I like to think, on it, and she refused <laughs> to ever play it again with uh-huh. me. Yeah. Um, and the other one was with Jeff, uh-huh. uh, who, who long-time knowers of me might know. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he may have he may have made cameos in, in previous episodes. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, stories of him. He yeah. certainly did not as a person. Like his voice did not appear on here. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I think I raced him twice, 
and won both of those. And he said that the game was gay. <laughs> and uh, it was a different time. It was a different time. So this is probably like 14 years ago or more. Maybe more like uh, 17 years ago, something like that. Because I wouldn't reflect too harshly on him by, our, you know, it was a different culture. <laughs> it was a different uh, Mario. It was a different Mario. <laughs> it was a different world. Uh, and But now we have divorce mode. And by now, I mean, you know, like six, seven years ago, there was the, the Wii Mario uh-huh. semi-competitive co-op scare quotes. That was that was fun. Uh-huh. Definitely uh, good at making people mad in the dorm. Um, and it was funny. So in conclusion, multiplayer Mario... Uh, not great for A your plus. social life. Oh, okay. But great way to have fun. <laughs> oh God, Zach, what's that horrible noise? Oh no, it's our, uh, it's the lentil alert. It, you, you mean the the breaking lentils break? <laughs> it's <laughs> breaking lentils break. <laughs> All right, you. You just say things for a while. I'll be right back after I do things to my lentils. <laughs> Terrible things. Terrible things. All right. Hey, guys. Uh, especially 100th download guy. Uh, I, just, I just thought I'd uh, thought I'd let you into, into Benjamin's corner here for a second. Now that we're alone, you know, have some... Some private time for ourselves. Really get to... Oh shit! Whoa! It's over. It's over. Did, the, did, did you or the lentils win? Let's never speak of it again. I don't want to consider talk about it, it unspoken of. Awesome. So speaking of unspeakable things, let's talk about uh, this week's John's news. Oh yeah! What what sweet hip new trend? Is it gonna be this week? My my guess would be it's uh Rihanna wearing clear pants with chunks replaced with jeans in them <laughs> made out of shoes. Uh good guess, Ben, but our producers have told us that we really need to get in touch with the teen demographic because apparently there's money in it or something. They, yeah. Johns wear teens. That's what they say. Uh-huh. Uh, so this week's John's news is appropriately from Teen Vogue, which I imagine yeah. is Vogue, but for teens. Yeah, so it's like French fashion, but for American teenagers. Excellent. And, uh, and the title of this article is, Sarah Highland debuts New Candies campaign featuring mermaid jeans. And you might think... Mermaid jeans? What does that mean? Are they basically just like a big fin with a fishtail at the end? A mono jean? Like a finally underwater optimized pair of jaws? And as it turns out, yes, kind of. So, yeah, I've got a bunch of questions, Zach, Uh about this. Uh And you know what? Reading the article might answer them, but you know our policy here on the John's cast. I mean, our 100th our hundredth 
downloader, they almost certainly know. Uh-huh. Uh, because they've downloaded it a hundred times. Yeah, I, I mean, it's probably just one one lady mm-hmm. that really wants to get in deep in that ARG. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> probably is now, probably. I'd say. Uh, but uh, we don't read the articles uh, to not let any fake news in or bias us uh-huh. with the sources. Uh-huh. Um, we do pictures and titles and a price if there's one you can easily see. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't see one, so I'm assuming free. So, so basically, these. basically we're like teenagers. The pictures are our Insta, and the titles are also our Insta. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how. I was it gonna works. say our tweets. The you know, children love Twitter. That's not I, a place for old people. <laughs> <laughs> right. No 70-year-old orange-haired politicians allowed on Twitter. That's for sure. Or fake news. Both those banned from Twitter. Thank you. So my, yep. my first question of... So the title of this article is Sarah Highland Debuts... Oh, you read this. It was what Zach said. Yeah. So my first question is, who is Sarah Highland? I assume she's the lady jumping on this bed, or is this an unrelated animated guy here? Uh, I don't know. Do teenagers have names that are associated with the people they are? I have no idea. I think they do. I did when I was a teenager. Okay. In that case, I assume it's the lady that's jumping on the bed. Okay, and so she's debuting mermaid jeans, and she is definitely wearing some pants. She is. Which puts her several steps above some 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 of these. I'm really um, glad. And she's not like mostly naked, uh, which is a real twist for this uh, season, I'd say. Yeah, I'm really happy about that too. Uh, she's jumping on a bed, I uh-huh. think, with her shoes on. Which yeah, is a really moxious maneuver. <laughs> like I've jumped on some beds, but with shoes. Like she's a this is a, this is a mad lad here. So <laughs> this is a lady who doesn't have to clean those sheets later. That's for sure. Mm-mm. Do kids not clean I mean, sheets? I basically still like not that I'm a kid, but like I, I probably clean sheets more as a child than my mom made me, and now nobody is here to make me. Um, and and so I I wash them sort of like when I I generally will just sort of wear my clothes until every article of clothing is sufficiently dirty. Yes. Uh to to like have to wash them. And then you wear your sheets until they're dirty. And then I wear my sheets into the bathtub where I wash them. Gotcha. No. So like as my final load, I don't know why I always do it as the final one, but I do. I feels like the least important, I think. Uh, I'll, I'll wash my bed stuff when I wash everything and spend like $8 on laundry. Thankfully, I own very few clothing articles besides like, other, like I got my like four or five, pa- I got like four pairs of fancy Johns. Mm-hmm. One of them's mostly retired. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like a <laughs> couple shirts and two pairs of boxers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. All right. I'm, I'm, so you know, you wash. Them. I'm glad that you have enough jeans that you have as many jeans as other articles of clothing combined. <laughs> you know, uh, you just stick to the essentials. Yeah. So, what makes these mermaids? So, if I was describing this animated GIF 
Uh, it's this girl on a bed. She looks to be a teenager. That yep. seems appropriate. And she's like, she's having fun. Mm-hmm. She's wearing like a, she's wearing like a wacky blouse mm-hmm. and and some crazy looking pants. I'd say, yeah, they're, they're fun. I actually like them. I would wear these myself if they if they sold me so they gave me some. Uh, and I think I'd look rad in them. But uh, they're like a sort of pearl color, like a metallic, glistening, sort of radiant pearl. Mother they're extremely of pearl. shiny. Mother of pearl, yeah. I call it, yeah. Like uh, extremely shiny pants. Maybe the shiniest pants I've ever seen in my whole life. Like shinier than Billy Corgan's like silver zero pants, which these are very reminiscent of, True. I would say. Uh, but it, it said mermaid. Um, and I was expecting one leg that's <laughs> the tail uh, made of denim and a fin. And this doesn't seem to have fins or a tail or one leg and may not even be denim. You, you know, uh, they might potentially be scaly. You know, I can't I see would up like close. that. That's, yeah. Like, they look cool. I'm not yeah. saying these aren't cool pants. I'm saying mermaid? If you were like, these are magic pearl pants, I'd be like, oh, these are some fucking sick magic pearl pants. All right, so so picture this. So the little mermaid is like, I don't want to live my immortal fantasy world under the sea. I want to With go... my dad. Yeah, I want to go date some guy or something. And some, like, drunken prince sailor? Yeah, <laughs> drunken prince sailor. I think that was his name. Um, so, so I'm like, ooh, I love drunken prince sailor. Drunken prince sailor is so dreamy. I'm gonna go give up my voice, and so I can grow a pair of legs. And then you go and you do that, and you get up on shore, and you're like, well, now I need to wear some pants because this isn't socially acceptable. But, this isn't under the sea. You're right. just allowed to do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, man. This isn't some libertine uh, <laughs> European communist sea that we're running here. This is on land. Uh, so anyway. And you're like, so I'm on land now, but I kind of miss my fins. So what yeah. I need is the closest two-legged equivalent. Basically something really shiny. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So I'm just saying I am fucking loving these pants. I'm pretty fucking sure these, either the outside is like totally scaled Mm -hmm. in something, which would be cool. So if these have denim under that, I'm saying these are definitely Johns and they're fucking sick. I'd give these, I'd give these a solid nine out of ten. On the John scale, if they're made out of denim. If not, they're fucking sick pants. But they're they're not mermaid. They're just awesome. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine they have denim on the inside. Like they're already so skinny. Well, if the outside is like painted on there, it wouldn't really add much mass. And I think this is a really small lady. Um, That's true. Like. My impression is that, like, being extremely thin is very in in the teen world these days. Oh, that's funny. Because when I was a kid, we were all about fat boy slim. 
I know, and how he was fucking in heaven. Yeah, exactly. Well, see, he's now Slim Boy, and <laughs> and in fucking in hell, but it's awesome there. And there's metal and the devil and small pants. Everybody's beautiful and taking cool drugs <laughs> and drinking a beer out of dad's keg. <laughs> Well, all I know is that if you walk without rhythm, you won't attract the worm. And on that Sometimes note, that's, that's the only thing you need to know. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, do, you have, do you have any uh, insights on mermaid pants? Um, I don't know. I don't get kids. You know, I've learned some new slang, though. Were you away, oh. uh, aware of... Uh, Saying P instead of pretty and V instead of very. Like, um, like, like if if you were like uh, saying like that's P bad, saying like that's pretty bad. Yeah, exactly. I I I think yeah, I, I'm aware of this. Okay, and then if you want to add some extra cool points, you can say low key at the end. So that's this is P bad low key. And so, so you're saying that to like try and summon Loki, that that Norse hearth god turned trickster, turned Satan, apocalypse beginning, destroyer of basically all life and the gods. Yeah, I think that's what it means. And then, uh, and then if you want to add like a triple combo bonus, you can say Hundo P at the end, which means a hundred percent. And the P in Hundo P means different, or is different than the first P. They mean different things. Mm. So you can But be, could you say that's P, Hundo P, V, bad, uh, low could, key. Could you, low key. Could you, could you say that? Yeah, I think you can construct such a sentence, although it you might be. You just wouldn't want to? It might be too cool. The world might not be ready for that yet. Or it's it's like laying the jive on a little thick, you know. It's, yeah, it's got a exactly. it's got a hokey sort of old manish bit to it, <laughs> <laughs> which is perfect for me because I'm quickly becoming a hokey old man. Yeah, our our uh, our friend Rami, who you may mm-hmm. remember from our awesome Persona Four episode, download mm-hmm. again. You may notice that their download seems a little different. That's because there's new Easter eggs hidden uh-huh. in there, uh-huh. so maybe worth another couple rolls on downloads there. You might have to another listen to listen it through. upside down yeah, and I mean, backwards, but I'm not saying anything. Or upload it as an image file or something. Yeah, yeah you never yeah. know what you might have to try. Yep. But, uh, yeah, that Rami, uh, he pointed out to me, uh, recently, he's like, he's like, Mang, I, I don't think we qualify as young adults anymore. I think we may just be adults. <laughs> yeah, a brilliant observation as usual. And sad. And true. We're- we were probably drinking and watching cartoons, so I, I, it was probably okay. <laughs> Wait, does that make it more okay? I, to me, it does. Okay. They balance each other out. Gotcha. Which cartoon? I don't. I don't even know. It oh, was. Right. It was like many many moons ago. Gotcha. When when Rami said this, it was before Persona Four came out. Okay. Gotcha. 
And by Persona, it was, I, I said the Persona 4 episode, you'll have to look hard for that one. I meant Persona 5 <laughs> in both times, I said, in all times, I said Persona 4. <laughs> but, but if you find the Persona 4 episode in our ARG, there might be another clue! Oh shit! Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Also, if you find it, will you let me know? Because mm-hmm. um, I'm still looking myself for for that one. Uh, so speaking of hell, uh, today we played. Uh, what's it called again? Hoplite. Yeah. yeah. This game that Zach suggested. Uh-huh. Um, Hoplite. Yeah. Uh, I say that not because the games... I, I didn't lay so much stank on that insinuating Zach suggested because the game is bad. It's not. Uh, rather because Zach forgot the name of it like two <laughs> days after he suggested it. <laughs> so let me tell you the story of Hoplite. Uh, so I was selected to be a delegate for my uh, for my synagogue at a local conference of congregations mm-hmm. right and uh, and so I ended up going to the legislative part where everybody pretends that they're really into Robert's rules of order and they like write up bills and stuff. And ahead of time, my rabbi said, you know, you should probably get some phone games because this part's really boring. And usually what I and do is just play phone games through it. <laughs> if it's too boring for a rabbi, mm-hmm. like, you know it's going to be bad. Yeah, needless to say, I was soon addicted to phone games. And it was all my rabbi's <laughs> fault. <laughs> Man. Well, uh, so is this is this episode dedicated to your rabbi? I, I know he's a sometimes listener. Yeah, this episode is dedicated to Rabbi Jake. Thanks, buddy. Uh, thanks, Jake, for listening. Yeah. I hope you listen again sometime. This is at least and, a little bit your fault. Yeah. So, uh, Hoplite. Yeah. A, as you may have guessed, it's a phone game. Uh-huh. It's acquirable on your internet phone. Yeah. You purchase from Apple. Uh, or I assume maybe your Android phone, which you can pull out of a junk heap somewhere, like a trash bin yeah. or like a, <laughs> a bin of confiscated explosives that you're not allowed to take on a plane that they're claiming is a phone. Mm-hmm. It's really a bomb <laughs> you have no control over. Except the ability to give it away or throw it in a trash can for somebody to find and play hoplite on. Or try taking uh, it on an airplane so it can be confiscated. <laughs> so you can, you can suicide by cop by uh-huh. trying to take a explosive phone in your pocket. And that's how, you know, cell phones can be useful in all sorts of ways. Um, yeah, so I found... I swear, I thought it was a Galaxy Note 2! <laughs> I thought it was a 2! <laughs> I, uh, I found this game searching for roguelikes on Android because I'm I like a roguelike. <laughs> and you like bombs. Yeah. And, so you. Uh-huh. In the uh, in the best uh, the best article on that I found on the internet about this was a guy asking on Twitter, uh, "What are some good roguelike games for Android?" And then the top response was, 
the best roguelike games for Android are buying an iPad and then playing <laughs> 868 Hack, which is probably very, very accurate. Uh, but yeah, Hoplite's okay. Yeah, it's... I would maybe venture to call it a roguelite. Uh-huh. Um, not for the normal reasons. Like, usually when you when you call something a roguelite, you're like, man, this is a baby game for babies that can't even read and want graphics. Nasty, 2D crap. Ew. Like, and they got to have, what, action and, like, poop they cry on or uh-huh. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're like, but this is not that. No, this is this is good old fashioned turn based trying to find the downstairs, pick up the spear. But uh it's got a very limited palette of things and I think it paints some pretty good pictures with that. Yeah. So so I'll discuss briefly like what the rules are. So uh, so every floor, you can see the whole floor on one screen at once. It's just a big hexagon. No um, fog of war. No fog of war. Uh, sometimes some of the tiles are lava, so you can't step on them, but usually pretty much you can just go everywhere. And uh, and then there's... No walls. No, no walls. Halls, no. no closets. Some balls. Ow, ow! Anyway... <laughs> Wow, that's the dirtiest thing I've said on the John's cast. Maybe I'm about to do and a, on a flip. Yeah, man, I was yeah. say, and and on an episode we just dedicated to Rabbi Jake. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Rabbi Jake. Can we can we entitle this episode "Sorry, Rabbi Jake"? <laughs> I think so. I think that's good. Oh, my shalom oh. plate just fell over. How appropriate! What was, I say? What was, what was that cacophonous <laughs> sound? Was it? Was it, did heresy do that? Yeah, I think so. I think that was a warning shot from the God of the Hebrews, <laughs> which are rare. That guy tends to lead with lightning. Yeah, um, that's true. He or bears, bear maulings, or uh, he starts. Fire. He starts strong. That's for sure. Yeah. Starts in strong. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a that's a that's a god classic. Mm-hmm. I'd say. Uh, yep. Maybe I should take some notes uh, for <laughs> for later. I would recommend it. I, I yeah I, I have the bear addiction. That's my problem. <laughs> I go wacky and fanciful. Uh, it's your heroic flaw. Um, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of heroic flaws, the uh, the heroic flaw of the protagonist of Hoplite, who we'll who will call Hoppy for the remainder of this episode, is that there's uh, also a bunch of other characters that are wandering around on every floor. They move procedurally. Just, yeah, they're described as demons, I believe. Yeah, that's true. Which and I, they appear to be goblins. Um. Well, I, I don't would know. Say. I actually really appreciate the character design because they look a bit different than like your typical fantasy monsters or even your pr- typical Greek fantasy monsters, which is kind of what they're going for. They're they're strange looking. Yeah. Like uh, so, one thing I would point out is 
for a sort of Hellenistic Greek themed game uh-huh. being named after a, a type of soldier, a classically a classical Greek soldier and they're uh-huh. in their traditional garb of like heavy uh bronze armor and uh spear, a shield, yep. and a pretty short sword. Yep. Uh with spear is sort of their main thing. Spear and shield has been their big ones, you know, they uh very, very heavily armored troops for the ancient world. They're not a not a lot of not a lot of Greek shit in this. Like it's about like a guy <laughs> who appears to be in a volcano fighting like decidedly un Greek demons. Uh well he's rescuing a fleece. That no, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Like, the game did not I played this for like thirty minutes. So oh, gotcha. uh the game did not explain that to me. Alright. So so the theming is serviceable, but it's kinda not the main point. The main point is that it's just it's like a particular puzzle. Right, so all the different enemies move in particular ways. There's one enemy that moves one space and attacks close. There's one enemy that throws bombs. And there's two enemies that shoot at a distance. One is just a worse form of the other, which I kind of didn't like. But yeah. The archer and the mean archer. Yeah, the archer and the mean archer. Um, and uh, in every level is a puzzle about how do you dispatch all of these guys in their particular arrangement. And they're randomly arranged at every level, so it's it's different every and, time. And so is the lava. Yeah. And uh, uh yeah and But the rooms are always shaped the same. Like they're right. always the same shape and you always see the whole thing at once with no fog of war. Right. But like what that room will have in it and its configuration is what changes each floor. There's also altars, um uh, which you sacrifice at for permanent until you die. Uh, power-ups. Yep. Of of your various abilities. You can jump. You can stab. You can throw your spear. And somehow all these things are really satisfying, like the way he does them. Yeah, and, and like I think that's what makes this game actually interesting is your uh your verb set. Right? Like it's actually really interesting like all the things are interesting. Like the way that you kill someone up close is you either have to move directly towards them or you have to be next to them on two consecutive turns. Right, and they're both kind of tricky to do, and they require a little bit of forethought. Um, and like the jumping is cool because it gives you some leeway to get out of situations, but it's a limited resource, so you have to be careful with it. Uh, yeah, you can only do it a certain number of times, like twice or something at default per floor, yeah. until you engage in melee combat with someone, which recharges your energy. Um, <laughs> Uh, Which works well balance-wise, but is a very confusing, like, well, concept. It, it only recharges your energy if you have a perk for it. Um, oh, yeah. I thought it just always did. Nope. And, uh, and then you can throw your spear, which makes it easy to kill someone, because you kind of don't have to adhere to the rules when you throw your spear. But then you have to go and get your spear before you can do anything else. 
So well, you really can shield bump still. That's we fun. forgot shield bump. That's true. I didn't shield bump a lot, but you can also like bump people and bombs one space over. Right. So, so you have a really big vocabulary for such a simple game, and there's reasons to do everything. And like, I think that's what makes it really interesting. You have so much command over this, like. With the exception of that having, like, two types of archer, like, everything is extremely unique in action. So instead of having, like, a fire spell that does damage and a stab that does damage and, like, something that does damage, like, one turn later or something, like, everything is very, very different, like, uh, mechanically. And so, like, this, I feel like this doesn't sound like a very large set of things to do, but I actually think it's a much larger set of things you can do than in most, like, even AAA games. Like, you have more control, like, ways of, like, different feeling ways to meaningfully interact with the environment than you probably do in Call of Duty, which is, like, just sort of different cones of damage you can do and, like, an ability to change your vertical, your, your, like, sort of six directional position. Uh, is is pretty well it, and you can do a bunch of very weird and meaningfully different things in this with any of this stuff, and so like it feels like you can do a whole lot. And the enemies are all so different from each other, with like I said, that one exception. It's a very cool environment. It feels very Jonathan Blow approved. Yeah, for sure. Joe Joe Blow, <laughs> as I think he likes to go by. Blowian. We like to say. It's very Blobian, yeah. except that it's procedurally generated, which makes him want to kill himself. <laughs> I, I, I've heard tale that he, uh, he's way more chill these days. Yeah, I would believe it. I would believe that after you spend, what, four years producing a multi-million dollar game, you have to either go one way or the other. <laughs> I, personally, I like to lean into my madness. So yeah. I'm always, I'm, I, you know, I'm always escalating. That's my, that's my version of it. But uh, yeah, maybe he had the like '50s like testosterone drop off, and he's just like won so hard at this point. And he's just like, maybe I should, maybe I should just talk to somebody instead of like destroying their soul with my dank ass takes. <laughs> Braid's really good, though. Go play Braid if you haven't. But you did, like, a decade ago. Yeah, well, everybody uh, did. For sure. So <laughs> I played it for, like, an hour. I enjoyed that hour of it. I, I played the whole thing, and it probably took, like, two hours. <laughs> I didn't realize... Yeah, I guess I was about halfway, maybe probably like a third of the way through it. Yeah. Not of, like, collecting all the stars... That I'm just going through it. Yeah, the stars thing was so obscure, I didn't even know it was a thing until I heard people talking about it. The game, like, tells you about it in the first level. It does? Yeah, like, it gives you a star and, like, tells you about stars. Oh. Well, color me embarrassed. That's that's the way I remember it, at least, from, like, (laughs) eight years ago. Uh, well, anyway, uh, so concluding thoughts on Hoplite. 
I think it's super interesting and it's worth playing. It's free. Um, my whoa, it's it's three dollars on on iPhone. Oh, really? I paid three dollars for it. It's free on Android. Yeah, if you're willing to sacrifice your fingers. Yeah, that's true. Blown up, uh-huh. get them blowed off <laughs> by your trash note. Seven or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so with Android, you can go and play the main campaign, and then it costs money to do everything else. So. Oh, it may have had a demo. I was like three dollars just to buy it. Oh, buy it. gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, so I played through the main campaign, and I felt at that point like you know it was a fun game, and I wanted to make this decision about whether I should actually pay a little bit of money for it or not, and. Like, I probably should have because support the artist and whatever, but I also had a profound feeling of, like, I've figured this out and I don't really want to spend more time on it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, because, like, I don't know. I don't know how you make it more, how you put more depth in it, because there's a lot to do. It's very empowering. It's very interesting. But, like, it also sort of, I feel like, hits a wall in terms of understanding. And you know what it is in particular? Is I never felt like I had to think two moves ahead. I was always fine just doing the thing that let me survive for one turn. And, like, I agree. I think that's why I enjoyed playing this game. Yeah. And I'm, like, happy I paid $3 for it. Like, not that I'm going to, like, finish this podcast and go to playing it, but, like, Definitely sometime when I'm, like, waiting on my oil to be changed or something, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm glad that's installed on my phone. I'm going to play some more Hoplite, and then I will enjoy that. Uh, nice. But it was, you know how we discussed in our chess episode how thinking isn't fun? <laughs> like, it's, in fact, the opposite of fun. <laughs> and, fact. like, there's enough going on for you to, like, not be bored like it's not like it's a it's not a mindless at all game, but you don't have to like you're saying like you don't just have to sit down and like like you get to just react and like deal with stuff and just like make decisions and go and like that is why the game is fun, and I think it's a much better game, especially like mobile game to like play a level or two of when you're like waiting on your order to reach your table in your sad, lonely lunch <laughs> by yourself in a restaurant. <laughs> because you didn't buy your link cable. Boom. Yeah, so you don't have a friend. Yeah. Hoplite, better than friends. Uh, fact. Real news. <laughs> I don't know, we had to return <laughs> the fact segment. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, well, that was a, that was a wild episode i'm glad i've never listened to Uh, (laughs) yeah i gotta find that one and edit it someday uh let's oh god let's take a break let's do let's take the shit out of a break all right with the authentic sounds of greek mythology Welcome back to the John's Cast, the number one podcast about Johns. Benjamin, it's it's that time again. Guess what? We've run out of content, so it's time for everybody's favorite filler, the John's Quest. 
John's. I mean, I feel like a lot of people are here for the John's quest and consider the rest of it to be filler at this point. Yeah, I mean, I know I am. If not for the John's quest, <laughs> I'd just make. Why, but yeah, I just make Benjamin so, do this garbage on his own. I'm telling you, and and being a trash boy is way more fun with a friend and a game link cable. So <laughs> can't can't have that. Exactly. Uh, so, to get everybody up to speed, last time on the John's Quest, uh, the Johnsons, a small tribe, are led by their god named God. Uh-huh. Uh, they encountered a bear who... In the desert. In the desert. <laughs> who got Where we a, first met them. <laughs> who God immediately appointed to the Pantheon for no good reason. Then, after screwing around with that for a while... But as an enemy. As an enemy. (laughs) (laughs) After dicking around with that for a while, the Johnsons decided to leave the desert and travel east towards another desert. There they encountered... Yeah. Two and three-fourths casualties with that encounter from a regular bear as well. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It wasn't pretty. Uh... So, on their way to the desert, they encountered the mysterious Nandists, a tribe of thousands with a very confusing religion that even they find confusing. (laughs) And stupid. (laughs) The Johnsons had an epic confrontation resulting in uh, Jericho Lancesaber, the one who holds the truth, being ground to dust, and also... A jo- the creation of a giant, horrible man-bear hybrid who nobody wants to look at and everybody pretends isn't in the room. And Yeah. Yeah. And then, I, also, I don't think any rooms have been demonstrated in this thus far. That's true. We've mostly been outside. In the desert, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we had a grassy hill, I remember, at one point. That's true. That was nice. Um, yeah. I made a, a Dan, one of the two brothers, roll down it. He uh-huh. hates me because he's a, he was really against that whole bear marriage thing, uh-huh. and uh, he's real itchy after rolling down that hill with only denim tubes on for clothes. It's true. Um, so, in addition to Dan, mm-hmm. uh, we have we had eight tribes member total. Mm-hmm. I guess nine counting Barry the bear. Uh-huh. Um, and I'll just give you a quick. Quick list. Awesome George. Uh, he was our best tribe member. We met him the moment he died uh, in the mm-hmm. initial encounter with the bear. So he's dead. Yeah. We have our glorious leader, King Steel and Bill, uh-huh. uh, which I just realized his full name is really good. His full name must be King Steel and Bill Johnson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the KSBJ. Uh-huh. And uh, he's, a, he's my favorite. Um, and, uh, he's got, he's king now, and he's got a robe that he, he took from a Nandis mm-hmm. corpse they desecrated. Mm-hmm. We had ugly Tommy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just Tommy, but then he was eaten, and then he, like, lost part of his face or something. It was gross. Yeah. Uh, he's dead. Uh-huh. Bear casualty. We have high priest Tim, 
I'm not sure if he's alive or not. That's sort of a mystery still unanswered. Um, who was forced to, he started the bear cult because I made him and then he was punished for it and I made him marry the bear. Uh, when he was last seen, the bear was dragging him or he was, he was being dragged by his one limb, his one leg, uh, bleeding out everywhere, uh, into the middle of the, the battlefield. Uh, to summon to to summon the bear who was a regular mm-hmm. bear back uh, then before uh, I made him big and gross. Uh, we already talked about uh, Dan. Well, we got his brother Percy, uh-huh. who also hates me. Uh-huh. He's one of the brothers of of uh, of the high priest Tim, uh-huh. who may or may not be dead. Uh-huh. Um, we got Dave, who is a. a Christmas and Sunday bear worshipper, but who has proven in the last episode to be a real hero. Uh-huh. He's like really moved up the ranks. He's also the only armed member. While he only has tubes, he does have some broken boards, a sandwich, and a sword. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we have Flat Stanley. Did he like, why is he flat? I don't know. He just is. Okay. So I, I was just thinking, he like smash stuff a bit. Uh, he doesn't like to eat grass. Yeah. That's the only note. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we know. And uh, Barry, who was the bear, who was an evil bear god, but just a regular bear. Um, but then I, he followed the blood of his husband, um, Tommy. And um, uh, then he became giant and a man in a bear suit. But then a horrible thing happened and he became a giant half bear man, nasty hybrid, but gigantic. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we just scared off the Nandis and we killed their hero, Jericho Lance Saber and uh, largely due to Barry and Dave's doings. And uh, Dave took the sword since he did so much. He's who got the bear here to save the day. All right. Good summary. I've certainly learned a lot. <laughs> Me too. I was figuring it out with you. <laughs> All right. And uh, so we rejoin our heroes. Uh, what's his name? Ugly Tommy? Yeah, Ugly Tommy, the one-legged yep. husband of Barry. <laughs> uh, so Ugly Tommy has been patched up. He has one leg. Okay, so so he's alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's married to a bear. Yep monstrosity uh-huh. giant bear monstrosity um but he's he's been patched up do anybody in particular like patch him up does somebody have like medical know-how do we just use grass like <laughs> yeah, yeah uh barry attempted to patch him up he did a real awful job uh, probably, he's giant and yeah. deformed uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it probably would have been better to just leave him but uh <laughs> But now Tommy's life is something of a living hell as the bear picks him up like a sack of potatoes and drags him along with the rest of the tribe. So I was thinking about creating him a cart or something, but if if Barry's just going to, like, carry him between two of his giant... Because he's supposed to be, like, what was it, like, hundreds of stories high? Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so, so like, is he, like, leaning down to drag him on the ground? <laughs> or is... Or is he, uh, like, holding him in his hand? Oh, he's, he's holding him by the leg and slaying him over his shoulder. Okay. But way up in the sky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't think he... I was gonna, I was gonna like, 
uh, build a miraculous leader or something for <laughs> to make the brothers carry him in, but I like this better. So, uh, so yeah. he's okay. Yeah, he, well, um, depending on your definition of okay. Yeah. He's not in danger of dying. Correct. His HPs are above zero. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, all right, so it's been a few weeks since our encounter with the Nandists. Uh, do we share the sandwich? <laughs> what are, or do we eat grass again? Like <laughs> Dave has been jealously guarding his sandwich. He uh, he's considered making a reliquary out of it because it's like the nicest food that anybody has ever seen. So I, yeah. I'm curious about the social situation yeah. in the camp. Mm-hmm. I assume there's sort of a major divide between Bill, Dave. And everybody else, and maybe the bear man also, uh, because like one is like a, a hero who saved everyone's life, one is like their king, mm-hmm. and one is like a hundreds of feet high half bear half man monstrosity, uh-huh. <laughs> and the rest of them are naked guys with tubes. Yeah, that's true. There's some amount of animosity. <laughs> So I, I was thinking, like, maybe yeah. do people like Dave, even though, like, he's he's got, like, a sword and a sandwich and, like, wood? And, uh, because he did just save all their lives, and it's, like, a fearsome hero. That's true. But he's also kind of a Gaston character, where, you, mm. uh, where, you know, you like him, because he's cool and he's fun, but... But, you know, he's also, like, a little bit full of himself... So I mean, like, I can understand why at yeah. this point. I mean, yeah, you know, so so Dan and Percy are talking about him behind his back, and probably oh. behind Stanley's back. It's hard to tell because he's flat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that that helps like me understand Dave a lot better. Uh, how are people taking their new king still in Bill, who hasn't really? He gave a he gave an important speech and rallied the troops mm-hmm. at a critical moment. He received a message from God mm-hmm. uh, along with Dave, um, so he seems to be in good with God. But uh, he also just kind of elected himself king and is a noted thief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, let me tell you how King Steel and Bill's been taking his ascension. King Steel and Bill has gone crazy right away. Mm. He uh, he has taken you probably note that yeah he has taken to demanding a, br- a black licorice tax even though no one has any black licorice or uh, perhaps even knows what it is yeah <laughs> and uh, and he is proposing that the tribe march uh, march west which as everybody knows is straight into a big lake but uh, but he insists that since he's favored with God. Everybody will uh, will float over the lake, you know, not on it, just like over it, like a hovercraft. God, oh, so you don't even have to get wet. Yeah, God will spontaneously make them a hovercraft the minute they step onto the water. And I mean, God does weird shit all the time. It's not that unreasonable. Yeah, exactly. And then on the other side of the lake, there will be uh, a black licorice farm, which they can raise. So are people buying it? No, not even a little bit. Is King Bill himself buying it? Uh, it's hard to tell. He's, he seems to be pretty darn into the idea. 
Okay. Yes. Uh, but it's unclear if this is some sort of like scheme to maybe steal mm-hmm. or <laughs> these tubes <laughs> or something. <laughs> Uh, I, I imagine him and Dave as sort of like friends on the upper crust now. Is that true? Or like, what's their relationship like since they're sort of outsiders who have distinguished themselves through their service to themselves and others? Yeah, they're, they're two peas in a pod. Steel and Bill keeps demanding random things from his tribesmen that they don't have. And then, uh, and then Dave just sort of pokes at him with his sword. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, I guess, like, is he, like, the police now? <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, I want to, as my my first uh, act as God today, mm-hmm. um, I want to officially, like, appoint, uh, I want to appoint Dave as, like, judge, jury, and executioner of the tribe of the Johnsons. All right, roll a die. Six. All right. Uh, nobody disputes your appointment. So Dave is now the law. Okay. Uh, I'll note that as well. Okay. He has the longest entry, by the way, which is interesting. (laughs) Uh, More than Steele and Bill, because he had a long things written out that then got deleted later. Gotcha. Um, (laughs) So, uh... So, uh... Other person I want to zoom in on is I want to I want to take a gander over here at Barry. Okay. Like how is he taking his transformation existentially, you know? And like what's his relations like with his husband and the rest of the tribe? Yeah. So uh, so Barry is sort of well, it's hard to tell with a half man half bear monstrosity. It, can he can he speak like words that people understand? Uh, no, not really. He spends a lot of time out on his own. He just sort of randomly walks away from the tribe and then eventually comes back, but nobody really knows why or what he's doing. And when he, I assume he has Tommy with him during all this. Uh, he does, and uh, and when he comes back, he doesn't really seem to be interested in anything except sniffing at Dave's sandwich because he is pretty hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and big. Uh-huh. I'm surprised he can be threatened with the sword. Uh-huh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, All right. So uh, yeah. as an as my next act of God, I would like to give Barry as a boon for saving us with his fearsome visage. Okay. Um, a cool meat cloak. Okay. To hide his nasty. I want it to have like. So the whole thing is supposed to be, like, made out of bear meat. Okay. He may not know it's bear meat unless he can just smell right, that. Right. But it's made out of meat. It's fresh. Okay. Um, and it's the shape of him. Okay. But with, like, a cool, fearsome bear mask with, like, eye holes that goes over his gross face. So he looks more like he, like, from a far away, like, in a sunset silhouette, like, he's a cool, like, undead, fearsome bear god okay. of destruction. Uh-huh. But really, if you're up close, like, he's got, like, a weird meat mantle on. All right, getting into some Mark Ryden territory here. Uh, go ahead and roll a die. It's a one. <laughs> All right. Uh, you, uh, you attempt to make him a meat cloak, but it actually merges with his skin. 
<laughs> oh no! Turning him, no! turning him from a kind of bearable monstrosity into <laughs> just something that's a nightmare. Like, I'm just like, gonna add meat nightmare. Like, uh, <laughs> like so. The next thing that happens is Dan and Percy go up to Bill and they just beg him, "Please make Dave skill slay the bear nightmare. We don't want to. We don't want this anymore." So I just want to zoom in on Dave and just want to yeah. see how he's taken it before I intervene. Like, I'm curious what how Dave feels about this and his zone agency. How how does Dave feel about the bear nightmare? And about the request to slay it. Um, I assume there's very few secrets in this, like, camp of six dudes (laughs) and one meat monstrosity. Well, so, you know, the bear did save Dave's life, so there's some amount of gratitude there. On the other hand, uh, Dave does have enough of an ego that he believes that he could have done just as good as the bear. It was just a just a matter of circumstance, so he's okay with it. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, okay, okay, I like this. Yeah. All right. Um, so, I want to give King Steel and Beale a vision while uh, he sleeps tonight. That's how, even though I can and regularly do just to show up and directly speak to people, I'm going to go a little more obscure this time. All right. Uh, should I roll for it, or should I just, uh, or I guess I should tell you what I want it to be. Yeah, tell me first. Either way. Yeah. So the vision is, so when he goes to sleep, at first he thinks it's a regular dream, mm-hmm. but then he can feel pain in it, so he knows it's true. Okay. And so I want him to to to. He sees like this conflict where where there there's a there's a giant nasty meat monstrosity and then just like a naked guy with a sandwich in his mouth and he's holding the sword like a baseball bat with two hands okay and they're like charging at each other okay and then and then they slam together and it explodes out just covering the earth black licorice. Okay. <laughs> well, I was gonna ask you what that's supposed to encourage him to do, but I don't want to know. Just go ahead and roll and die. <laughs> it's a five. All right, your vision gets through. <laughs> Did he feel the pain? So he knew it was a true vision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> King Steel and Bill is convinced. He's like, man, I don't know what that was, but I got to do something. So we, okay, uh, I want to I want to inspire Flat Stanley. Uh, I want to try to enchant him with the dream gift, the spiritual gift of dream interpretation. All right. Okay, should I roll or yeah, go ahead and roll. It's a one. <laughs> So I'm gonna describe what the vision was supposed to mean, right. and uh, he, he, this is so. He was elected as the official dream interpreter. Yep. Or I tried to elect him, and uh, what what I wanted the vision to convey was that they should have a tournament uh, to decide who is the greatest champion of of the Johnsons, uh, where there was a, a duel between Dave. 
and Barry, and um, this duel would usher in a new era of black licorice prosperity to the Johnsons. Um, but I rolled a one, so I doubt that will be conveyed well. <laughs> Stanley, uh, Stanley hears about the dream, and he thinks about it for a long time, and he says, You know, I think this means that when you cut someone open, they're made of black licorice. So uh, how does how does King Bill, Dave, and Stanley take this? I mean, Dave's the only one with a cutting instrument, and uh, apparently every, one person here wants black licorice, and now everybody's made out of it, according to Stanley. Yeah, well, so it's not the first time your guys have, like, had a paper cut. Like, they know they know that this is stupid. So. <laughs> okay, so they don't believe it. No. Okay, well that's gross. So instead, I think I'm gonna send a vision to King. Uh, I already gave the last one to him. Uh, to Tim. Yeah. All right. To High Priest Tim. Um, and his vision is supposed to be of like a bear battling a sirloin, but then a man climbs out of the bear and then is devoured by the sirloin steak. And, okay. <laughs> and then he sees he sees tears raining down from the sky but then the tears turn into black licorice <laughs> and they use that black licorice to build a boat. I guess I'll roll for that. Uh, that's a two. All right. Uh, so between uh, between Tim and uh, in in confident dream interpreter Stanley, the uh, the message they get out of this one is the. I'm gonna think about it for a second. All right. So awesome George is the sirloin. <laughs> oh no! But he's also dead. Yeah, awesome George is the sirloin, and. Uh, he was fighting the bear, right? Oh, the, the, the sirloin devoured the bear. Oh, right. Yeah. So, uh, so this is a dream that means that Awesome George is going to come back from the dead. Oh, and he's nice. going to eat lots of black licorice, and then he's gonna grow really strong and tall, and then he's going to eat the bear. What about the boat, though? And he's going to eat a boat. <laughs> Okay, so how are people taking this? Well, it sounds slightly more viable than the last dream interpretation. <laughs> so so they're like just sort of shrugging their shoulders. Eh? Should we uh should and uh, and then Percy, who uh, in a past life was a uh, was a devoted necromancer decides, yeah, oh, I'll give it a shot. And, uh, yeah. and uh, both we, in the same sentence, we learned that both uh, the metaphysics of this world uh, includes reincarnation uh-huh. and that necromancy is real. <laughs> yeah, and by necromancy, I mean Dungeons & Dragons necromancy. Like, not what it actually means. Just FYI for sticklers in the audience. I, I can only assume. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. All right. So Percy is uh, is preparing a dark necromantic ritual to bring Awesome George okay. back to life. 
Uh, he found a, a, a glen of black licorice, so he's making sort of his satanic star out of black licorice, which is pretty... Okay, pretty I want to give Percy a vision now. Okay. Um, and it's just a, when he sleeps tonight, he sees the black licorice, and he sees a boat, okay. and then he sees he sees Awesome George at the head of it, uh-huh. and then a giant sirloin devouring it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, so, a three. Okay. Man, I'm bad at visions. I'm real bad at visions. <laughs> I get one better, like, practice has helped out, but, like, Christ almighty, I've got three more visions where we get a solid one, like. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, so he talks to Stanley about it, and the two of them decide that they'd better sacrifice a boat in preparation for the ritual. So, uh, so, you know, they're in the desert, there aren't any boats, so they make, like, a toy boat, and, uh, and it's pretty... Sand? Yeah, it's a toy sand boat, which is pretty adorable. I gotta chuckle. Alright. I gotta have a bemused moment. Alright. At, at this. I'm not taking it too seriously. So, uh, so Percy's gonna, he's gonna do the ritual. Alright. Uh, Dave's, Dave's thinking, you know, this might be a tad bit blasphemous, so he asks you about it. Oh, okay. How does he ask me? Does he like pray, or is he just like shouting at the sky, or? You know, he, he just talks. Oh, he's just, he's just sort of talking out loud by himself. Yeah. Uh, then here's a critical junction, guys. Are we about necromancy? You want, I think we are. Uh, <laughs> So I want to I want to explain to Dave how rather than than being blasphemous necromancy or is he worried about like being against the meat monster since he's a bear a, a Christmas Easter Sunday guy is it against that or is it against the god religion <laughs> or is like what is what is his well, worry well, here yeah so so you know he he thinks that you're into the bear somehow since you've kept it alive despite torturing mm-hmm. it all these times and and you know you never told anybody to kill the bear that was just what Dan and Percy wanted so mm-hmm. uh, so you know Dave is skeptical about this anti-bear nec- necromancy that uh, you know doesn't seem quite right okay so i have a i'm just going to tell him this yeah and then i'm going to try and do a thing all right. <laughs> Because I think it's a lot funnier if he tries to do it and fails at that rather than I fail to explain this to him. All right. So I'm just going to appear in the okay. flesh, like, down beside him. Okay. And I'll be like, hey, Dave. Dave, you know you are one of the chosen. Dave's and like, yeah, I know. Thank you for asking me because you're right. Yeah. Things have gotten a little out of control here. Like, I thought it was pretty funny, and it is, but... This is about to get serious business. I know this episode was supposed to be dreamlike and surreal. Mm-hmm. This is this is turning into a nightmare, Dave. They're about to kill my bear, or they're about to all die trying. I mean, he's a four hundred foot meat monster, mm-hmm. and that's not what anybody wanted, mm-hmm. especially not Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> so Tommy, I mean Dave, I, I want to tell you a secret, Barry. Buried beneath your very feet here, there's there's some a, a hidden trove of some sort of magic fungus that will uh, give you the ability to see visions better than other people. 
eat them. And so you should dig right under your feet and eat some. And, and then I'll get a plus one on my roll when I try and make you see a vision of what you should do and how to use this sword for truth, justice, and the bare way. And then I disappear. <laughs> Dave's like, awesome. And so he digs down and, wait, are there actually shrooms? Are you going to create some? <laughs> do I have to do the roll? Because I definitely want there to be some. <laughs> All right. So he... Are you going to decide what I have to roll? Uh I, I want them to be there. Um. All right, so he was he was just in some sand, and I don't think mushrooms really grow in that environment. So I think you gotta create them. So go ahead and roll All right. that. All right, a two. All right, <laughs> they're really small portobellos. They taste <laughs> gross. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to hit him with the vision anyway. All, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the vision is just like, first it starts out, the world gets like a little wiggly, mm-hmm. a little cartoony. Mm-hmm. And then and then he he hears this voice is going like, Dave, <laughs> I'm in the mushrooms. <laughs> this is a lie. But it's okay. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, Dave, sand mushroom, Dave, Dave. You've been lied to, son. <laughs> Your dream interpreter is an idiot, Dave. <laughs> Don't listen to him. <laughs> Dave, it's in the mushrooms. These little portobellas, they may not taste good, but sometimes if I'm paying attention when you eat them, the weird stuff might happen, Dave. <laughs> Dave. You gotta stop this. The only way to save the bear is with Flat Stanley's liver. If you feed him that liver, he'll become a good bear again, and it's back to normal. All right. So uh, Dave is officially inspired. He uh, he walks over to everybody else. Steel and Bill is just sort of sort of sleeping by a palm tree, but uh, Dan, Percy, and Stanley are all into this ritual. And uh, and Percy's about to about to say the magic words, and then Dave comes up and he's like, uh, "Hey, I heard that I need Flat Stanley's liver." And then Stanley's like, "Wait a minute, I'm flat. Do I even have a liver?" Flat liver, Dave. Flat liver. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then it's like, well. You know, that sounds crazy to Percy and Dan and Stanley who have their own, uh, who have their own interpretation of things. So they're going to fight. Okay. Yeah. So just a reminder, Dan and Percy both hate me. Yep. Percy was a necromancer in a past life and Dan is itchy. Yep. <laughs> Dave has broken sharp boards, a sandwich, a sword, and he is the law. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the shape of things. Okay. All right, go ahead and uh, enroll with Go, I. Dave. Yeah. I'm just going to kind of let Dave go on this one. I, right, I'll yeah. intervene if I need to. Uh, but but I, I, feel like Dan, I feel like Dave and his sword kind of have the center of control. <laughs> All right. Uh, so first person to attack him is Itchy Dan. So he, he attacks Dave, and then Dave slices his arm with his sword and like not all the way through, like he just slices him on the surface, and then Dan's like, "Oh wow, that feels so much better! Finally!" 
I'm not, I'm not itchy anymore. <laughs> and then he screams because he realizes he's missing a big chunk of skin and it really hurts. All right. Does any, okay. So I want to try and do a miracle and I want to make licorice come out. <laughs> Instead of okay. okay, go ahead and roll a die. It's a six. Alright. I want it to come out like liquid black licorice, though. Like yeah. Boil like a hot black licorice. A, a disgusting stream of black licorice comes out of Dan's shoulder. <laughs> he's Now he's not screaming in pain, he's screaming in terror. Uh, how is, how is Dave and Percy are handling this? Uh, well, so, Dave also is not so good. <laughs> he, uh, he starts just sort of curling up. He's sort of vomiting on the side. <laughs> Percy is, uh, is in the fetal <laughs> position, rocking back and forth. And, uh, in Flat Stanley is, he uh, he lays down so you can't see him anymore. I guess That's Flat Stanley like like Flat Stanley heard about the vision or did he have the vision about uh, about people bleeding uh, <laughs> uh, black licorice and just interpreted it poorly? Yeah, he, he, Is this like ringing any bells? He like? did. He's been vindicated. Dave is having quite a personal conflict now that the. The idiot dream interpreter is proven correct. So I want to make uh, Dave was vomiting, right? Yeah. I, I want to make his vomit come out as black licorice, also, All right, but normal with... normal temperature. I don't want it to burn him. All right, roll with that. Five. <laughs> you succeed. Congratulations. <laughs> All right. So uh, so this has turned into a catastrophe. <laughs> Everybody's pretty much living a nightmare now. They all know how uh, how Tommy has been feeling for, for the last few weeks, and then uh, suddenly, awesome George gets up from the star of black licorice, and he's like, "I have seen that only one thing is true." <laughs> Bum, bum, bum. Wow. Oh, this was a good episode. Yeah. You could say that. That's a thing you could call it. That's what I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it good. I was on the edge of my seat there during those bad visions. <laughs> All right. Let's take a break. All right, welcome back. Welcome to our very hasty uh, end segment. Since we padded too much, it's become too padded, Ben. Yeah, yeah, we could we can probably cut some of the boring part at the beginning where I'm just sort of lose the plot and amble about <laughs> for a long time for. Uh, for better content later. No time for that. That would take effort. Instead of that, let's just make our last segment shorter. Uh, yeah. Well, that I meant both and. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> All right. And we're doing that by skipping right to uh, the Ask the Audience segment where we ask you. Yeah, fuck you, audience. Yeah, how, much, how much you missed your reviews, your precious <laughs> reviews. 
Now, what are we asking the audience? <laughs> We're asking the audience, now, how does it feel like to suffer? Suffer from missing the reviews? Bah, ha, 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 ha. No, but I'm kidding. My, my serious question is, uh, what cool underground band have you probably never heard of? Oh, I got a good one. Yeah. Uh, I just bought another really offensive t-shirt from them. Uh-huh. And they, they, uh, yesterday re-released their first EP on vinyl. Alright. Their first two. It's a two, it's a two-parter. They're both like two songs. They're, they're small. Okay. Um, uh, and so I bought all those. Uh, it's my, my current favorite band around right now of like contemporary stuff, uh, is the band Street Sects. Spelled <laughs> S-T-R-E-E-T. S-E-C-T-S. Okay. And just to make uh, sure you probably haven't heard of them. Yeah. Uh, I'll warn you in advance. Uh, it's a, they're, they're like a the harsh noise industrial, uh, band and are notably sort of kind of extreme for that genre. Okay. So, Great. Uh, uh, but they're fucking sick, bro. Nice. Uh, and my choice is a little band I probably haven't heard of. You probably haven't heard of them either. They're called The Arcade Fire in oh, 1999. Shit. Yeah, when they were playing a song like Anthem of the Woodlands uh-huh. in the Woodlands. Uh-huh. It was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and... Uh, yeah. and also, I wanted to read a quick response from last week. I asked the audience, oh, shit. what is your first name? And uh, listener and writer inner uh, Jerome Ellsworth wrote in and said, my Oh, friend. good. Back to hear from Jerry. It's been, it's been a couple weeks. Yep, yep. And he said, uh, my first name is Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah, thanks, man. Yep. Keep writing. If you'd like to answer a question for us... Send an email to johnscast at gmail.com. That's J-A-W-N-Z-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, sorry about, about last month's episode. I was in an entirely different country, Canada. A. A, and, and they don't have internet there. So. <laughs> and. Sorry. Yeah. And, We're back, baby! And they also don't have a huge backlog of old episodes that they could have been editing. They, they, they could have been, <laughs> they could have been repeatedly downloading uh-huh. and looking for ARG. Uh, <laughs> Alright, anyway, bye everybody. Hope you enjoyed. Bye. Bye. And print. <laughs>